thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Alright, welcome back Bobcat fans and thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm your main host, Ryan Foley. I can't say I'm the main host. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. <laughs> Across the state from me is my good buddy, Ryan Thornburg. He puts in more work than I do. That's not a joke. And uh, we are the Ryans of the R&R Cat Cast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And we have a dang sponsor, Brewing Dank Beers in downtown Great Falls with a second tap room in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. That's Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Thorny. It's our last podcast before the national championship. Let's go, Cats! Woo! Let's go, Cats. This is awesome. We've been waiting kind of to do this episode. We actually talk a little bit of football about the game. We've been kind of doing some other stuff. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I'm glad you plowed through that intro. I wasn't sure if you're going to bail out at the last second because you were giggling, but uh, <laughs> glad you did it. Glad we're started. Let's, let's go, man. Let's go. Oh, man, I totally blame you. You got me in the giggly mood. <laughs> That's good. It makes for good content. Your antics... Your antics beforehand just got me off my game, and now I'm in uh, in a giggly mood. Some might say the vim is pulsing through me, though, a little bit, too. We're talking about the national championship tonight. We're going to break down the keys to Montana State when they're on offense and the keys to Montana State when they're on defense. We'll talk about the keys in general, some, some other keys that we might not even mention that will fit in some other places, as Thorny said earlier. And we're going to tackle some golden coolie questions. <laughs> keys in other places. It's kind of funny. We're going to be unlocking secret places yes. in this episode. You can just call us the janitor because <laughs> we have all the keys. All right. That's boo. Boo me. Let's press on. <laughs> Pressing on. Pressing on. All right. We're in a puncher's mood tonight. All right. Let's talk about what's in our golden coolie. So I only have two choices, basically. Um, I had the... <laughs> Stirred up, which is what I drank when we had uh, Coulter Nuanez on. If you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. Coulter Nuanez of Skyline Sports. It was a lot of fun. I have, but um, I'm my first beer. I'm going to have two beers here. My beer I'm going to talk about is Blue Moon, classic Belgian white. Man, it's a, it's a good solid beer. I don't care what time of year it is. It's a good wheat beer. It's one of my favorites. Always a good classic. Always yeah. drinkable. Here it is. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. 
Uh, I'm in the same boat, man. I don't have anything new. I have the Bubble Stash IPA from uh, uh, Hop Valley out of Eugene. And Coulter told me that. It, he's the one who's like, yeah, he knew from it. Eugene. Like, and I'm like, Eugene. Yeah. Uh, I think he's right. I still can't find it anywhere. Else. Yep, Eugene, there it is. So uh, that one's good. And uh, sitting next to me, I also have a cold Rainier. I don't know, you know, in the last two episodes, I've debuted both of these. So here they are. I'm just going off of what's in the fridge tonight. So <laughs> nothing special, but a special podcast because, hey, it's National Championship Week. And now our final, the penultimate, I should say, not the final, the penultimate episode. We will cover the National Championship when it's over next week. But the penultimate episode leading up into the National Championship game. We're going to talk about keys of offense, keys of defense, and what Montana State needs to do in order to bring home a national championship. Yep, I'm excited. We may do some sort of live stream type thing from from Frisco from the on game day in the morning. I don't think it'll be anything substantial or of any substance, that is. Uh, so this will be your last chance to listen to us actually uh, talk some football, some real football, before we go to the national championship, which is, I think is finally finally kicking in that we're you know i'm getting on a plane here on friday how amazing is that <laughs> assuming that you know no knock on wood that nothing goes south cancellation wise <laughs> but man we're headed to texas a potential once in a lifetime opportunity as a bobcat fan i am i am just over the moon right now and i can't wait to talk yeah about some some game matchups here uh, our friend pete texted me earlier today he's gonna be down in you know, Frisco, and he's like, I feel like a kid, like a kid, like three days before Christmas. And I was like, perfectly stated. Ugh. It's funny how sports can do that. I mean, you could be any age and it just makes you feel young when your team is winning and you just have that passion. Man, it just, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel like a kid again. That's a really good way of putting it. All right, man. Hey, well, let's get right into it. Uh, Thorny, let's talk about the offense first. What do we need to do to win? What kind of keys are you looking for Montana State when the Bobcats have the football? So I've been thinking about this. North Dakota State's defense is very good this year. I mean, if you want to go down and look at all their statistics, almost everything is like top five, top ten. I think like the worst statistic. They're the number one scoring defense. Number one scoring defense. We're Um, number two. Yeah, we are number two. So <laughs> we are right there. I mean, this is just the old adage of defense wins championships. Both teams, the two best scoring defenses in the country are here in Frisco. So, but uh, 11th best passing defense. So I guess that's their weakness. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to pick it, pick it out because their rushing defense is only 82.7 yards per game, which is good for third in the country, which is absolutely crazy stat. Holding teams under 85 yards a game. So if you want to look at what the Cats are going to do on offense, I think things are going to have to go through the passing game. I think we're going to have to have some success Mm -hmm. throwing the ball if we want to have some success running the ball. I think it's going to have to go that direction in this game. I don't think we're going to be able to just go up there and do RPO stuff with Tommy and hopefully Isaiah Fonze is good to go uh, because we're going to need him for sure. We're going to need the full cast of characters in this one. But I think it starts with Tommy Lott being able to move the ball a little bit through the air. What do you think about that? No, you took exactly what I have written down in my steno pad over here. I think that's exactly right. They're going to key on 
uh, Tommy Malat, they're going to key on if Fonse, just like Coulter told us in in our previous episode. And I think he's exactly right. Uh, if we are expecting to establish a run to put the pass like the the traditional way that a lot of teams do it, I don't think we're going to have a lot of success. And I think the the outcome will be much like we had in 2018, 2019. Yep, I, I agree with that. I, I think we are much more dynamic than we have been. I think Tommy Malott brings a whole new element to the game. And what do you think about this? What do you think about the fact that the Cats have now had, I mean, obviously, North Dakota State did too, but the three weeks between the game, which number one, can deal, derail your momentum, but number two, more importantly for us, I think, maybe not more importantly, but importantly for us, it gives Tommy Malott more reps in practice. It gives more reps being a quarterback. Like this is only his third start. So he's basically getting almost like a tiny little condensed, I think the Bison call it winter camp. This is like Tommy Malott's winter camp now. He gets the the time between the game and the national championship game now to figure some things out, to, to hone his skills in and to get more, more, uh, um, oh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like preparation no but like uh between receivers chemistry chemistry that's the word chemistry <laughs> chemistry yeah get more chemistry between all the wide receivers because they uh taylor house right more time to maybe implement some new plays and you know that the bobcats at least i hope so are gonna have some wrinkles in this game some maybe some trick plays like this is the the bobcats are once again the underdogs they've been the entire time I think that there, there's a good chance we're going to see some stuff we haven't seen from Tommy Mallott in the offense. And I think that's one of the biggest advantages for the Bobcats is there's still the element of surprise with Tommy Mallott and what he can do. And I think that's honestly the biggest thing the Cats have going for him in, in, on offense anyway. Is that still a question or did you answer your own question? Yes. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it, um, this might not be a popular opinion, but I think it's, advantage North Dakota State having this three weeks to prepare for Tommy Malott having the tape out on him now and also the 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 stark fact that the momentum that we carried through the playoffs I still still hope it's there but it might not I mean right we have three weeks to kind of simmer down maybe that's a wrong way of saying it but I think advantage North Dakota State for at least the time and I also think, too, we're going to see more out of Tommy Malott. We will have to. These uh, these sideline passes are, are great, and I think that is something we can use to attack North Dakota State. Uh, but I've been thinking about this a lot, and um, we're going to need, like, if we're going to be in, like, third and six, what do we do when it's third and six, third and seven? We've seen flashes of it. I think... Uh, I think that's where we're going to see the evolution of Tommy Mallott. If Tommy Mallott, if T- Taylor Housewright, the offensive plan, Tommy Mallott have a handful of plays that we can go to on on those down those downs and yardage scenarios, I feel a lot more uh, hopeful in this game. See, what Tommy Mallott does so good that I think that's going to be a key in this game is those third and sixes. Yeah, you want it to be a pass, a traditional pass, and see what Tommy Lott can do. But I think that's where Tommy Mallott can really be dangerous with his legs. I was, I was watching a little yeah, but bit. They're going to be spying him, man. They are going to be spying him, but they're it's, gonna have, it's one thing to spy him, him, and it's in practice, and it's one thing to tackle him in a live game situation. That's, 
Yeah, but I mean, they're North Dakota State, though. Like, I got to give them a little bit of credit. They're they, they have they have the dudes to do it. <laughs> I mean, so you don't think Tommy Mullock can he, he pick up a, a third and six with his legs? Period. In this game, you don't think it's going to happen once? Oh, I think he can. Yes, but it, uh, to the to the extent he was doing it all through the playoffs, I'm not sure. I didn't say that. I didn't say he would. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's going to be situations where he has an opportunity to pick up like seven yards. Like not like he's not going to bust out most likely a fifty or sixty yard touchdown run against North Dakota State. But I was watching yeah, the. What I'm... Okay, I'm trying to make this point two times. Let me make my point, and then you can go. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the James Madison game today, and I know it's a whole different team and a whole different defensive scheme. But there were several times where James Madison quarterback just sat in the pocket, and the North Dakota State. Uh, defensive line is collapsing around him, but there's like a big hole that opened up and you know, their, their quarterback just, that's wasn't what he does. And you just, Tommy Lost can be so much more quicker to run and it's going to be so much uh, more explosive and exploit any holes that do pop up. I think, I think it's what he does well, even from like a pocket spot. So I think that's going to be something that's going to be key is yeah. Third and six, he's going to have to make some throws, but I also think he's going to have to make some runs to pick those up. He's not gonna be able to do, only one or the other. He's going to have to do both. Okay. So I, I that's where I was going with it. I, I totally agree. He has to do both. He can't just rely on his legs to get him out of this. And maybe it does in this game and maybe it works. But if we look long-term, that's not a sustainable offense. We need to be able to pass the ball in a mid-range yardage rather than just going, uh, I hate, like you said, you hate, you hate the term 50-50 balls. These are not 50-50 They're balls. Not. These are like legit throw balls. A term frustrates. Um, back shoulder fades that... Uh, He's elite on, but we need we need ten yard slants. We need sticks from the from the tight end. We need all those all those mid yardage plays, and we've seen a little bit of it. I just want to see more. So let me ask you this then. So one of the biggest um, keys for this game to me is holding onto the ball, not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure, we can't force too much. So if Tommy's trying to force passes that aren't there, that's where I get nervous. I'd rather him take a sack, and I don't want him to come out there wanting to complete those passes because he thinks that's what they have to do to win and turn the ball over. Cause he, he's not turned the ball. He's turned the ball over one time. And that's, that's one thing that I'm going to talk about is he needs to hold onto the ball better and learn how to take tackles a little bit better. Cause man, he likes to just kamikaze and get just his boat rocked, but a little bit, <laughs> he's going to have to, he's going to have to tone that down a little bit against North Dakota State well, against anybody, but you know, he's going to have to hold on to the ball. And I think not forcing passes is going to be a big key of that. He's going to have to be aggressive, but man, he's going to have to be, Tempered, aggressive. No, I don't think there's any chance he's going to be, though. It's it's the national championship. You're the quarterback of the Montana State Bobcats, and you're going out to the national championship. You're not holding back anything. It's it's against the grain in his body to say, I need to play it smart right here and slide in a better way. He's going to go get every yard he he can. He's going to fight tooth and nail for everything. True. And And we're just going to have to live with that. Yeah, I just don't. I hope that doesn't result in a fumble, and I just hope he doesn't try and force a throw because that's part of the game plan. I don't know. That I mean, this is kind of on one hand, I want to say the cats have a whole bunch of stuff up their sleeve and they're going to come out and do whatever. But on the other hand, like that's not really what Brent Vegan's mo is. He likes to play mistake-free football and coming out doing trick plays or, or anything that's we haven't practiced or you're not confident in running or whatever. Like it just not. It's not something that I don't think we'll see a whole lot of necessarily unless it comes down to it do you think we'll see troy anderson on offense speaking of 
new stuff? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I remember Coulter saying that, and uh, I'm not saying he's wrong, but I just don't know. I think we should. I don't know if we will. So here, here here's a good time to put in one of my keys to offense is being be unpredictable. I think in in this game we need to be unpredictable, pull out all stops, and then hopefully some unlikely hero emerges for the Bobcats. Some guy that North Dakota State doesn't have a key on that uh, can take over the game to make yard yard big yardage plays, splash plays as as he would. Maybe that's Troy Anderson, but I mean if you see Troy Anderson in on offense. I don't know if that that's that's the that's the biggest thing I wonder is like if Troy Anderson's in on offense, your eyes are like, hey, there's number 15. That's Troy freaking Anderson right there. He's probably gonna get the ball. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's a nice thing to say he still is Troy Anderson, but man, I don't know how effective putting number 15 back there would be. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but I mean he's also in this scenario, though, he's also probably just as effective as a decoy. Like you said, exactly. everyone, everyone's going to be keying on him. I mean, I I would personally like to see something where it's a RPO to Troy Anderson or something, or a play action, then Troy Anderson like squeaks through the line of scrimmage and then catches a pass five yards down the <laughs> field or something. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's even ever something that we'll ever see ever. I don't know. Troy Anderson can really catch the ball that well. He made some really nice interception in cat Grizz, but he's also doinked some bullets oh, right yeah. off of his hands before plenty of times throughout <laughs> <Yeah>. his career. <laughs> but I don't know if we're going to use him, like use him in like a more creative way and not the, Oh, Troy Anderson's in there. So he's just going to get the ball. Let's use it in a bit, him in a bit more creative way and don't just get him crushed. And I mean, he's got to go yeah. back on defense. We need him on defense. That is, Priority number one, <laughs> but I also I don't like want to see idea. any sort of like uh, desperation mode, like like we did at Cat Grizz. I did not like that in Cat Grizz, and it just fired up the Grizz more when they stuffed it. So it's a good point. Let's not let's not I do like it. Your that idea manner. of like fake handoff to Troy and then deep ball down down the middle or down the sideline or Thorny. I know I'm going to ring your bell on this one. Wheel route to Troy. Wheel route to Troy. Or Troy will route back to Tommy Malott. <laughs> oh, yes. I wonder if Troy can still throw Let's a football. Go. He's probably so <laughs> yoked up now. He'd probably just like bullet the ball. But anyway, that's a fun. I don't think we'll see probably hardly any of this stuff we're talking about. This is complete fan couch quarterback play calling okay. here. So I do have another key on offense. We need when we get into the red zone, we need to have red zone touchdowns instead of red zone field goals. That's going to be hard. I think that's going to be really hard. <laughs> it will I, be. Uh, what is, let me look that up. The red zone defense. They're number five. Number five. There you go. Number five. And we're only 13. Number five in or a no, nation. Geez, my whole thing shifted. We're 10th. 10th. But we're 10th, yes. Number five. I mean, that's that's good. Now, that doesn't tell you their um, touchdown percentage, but the fact that, you know, they're fifth in scoring at all when you get the red zone is impressive. Yeah. So you're right. That's absolutely right. If we're able to move the ball between the twenties, we got to be able to finish off a drive. Because three, three or four field goals don't don't win this football game. Tony, let me ask you just straight up: Are we going to move the ball? I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about <laughs> it. I think we'll be able to move it some. I think we'll have spots where we pick up big chunk plays. 
I just worried that we're going to, we'll just go backwards and we'll get out of a rhythm. And like you said, third and six, I'm more worried about like a third and eight and third and 10. It's like, yeah, what, what are we going to do there? And we have to get the running game going, whether that's however we go about that, whether that's just straight Tommy a lot, like whatever we need ball carriers to get some yardage on the ground, to take some pressure off in a, in a perfect world. We get the running game going enough that they go into some sort of cover zero, which we've seen. And, and we, and they leave the one-on-ones DBs against Nate Stewart and Lance McCutcheon. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I mean, that we have to get the running game going at some point, which either means a healthy Isaiah Fonze, um offensive line that's blocking really well and probably some other running back to step up a little bit too. So I don't What's know. Key, I don't though? know if we'll be able to move the ball. I think the the ace in the hole is Brent Vegan. Him knowing the systems of North Dakota State, having experienced that day in and day out, he's going to know how to attack this defense. That's the thing I I love about going into this game. Brent Vegan is like the the ace in our hole. Oh, you're absolutely right on that. And that and I still think three weeks of uh, secrecy a little bit with Tommy Lott. We haven't seen the full extent of the Tommy Lott show or that Taylor House right Tommy Lott combination. So there is that. I'm not saying it's bigger than North Dakota State's advantage about getting three weeks to figure out Tommy Lott either, but. It's 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 there. It's a real thing. So we'll we'll see which one proves out to be a bigger advantage. All right. Let's move over to defense. No. Give me one key. <laughs> no? I wasn't ready. You don't want to move to defense? I wasn't ready. All right. Let's talk more offense. I, I want I got? wanted one last thing because I saw one note here and I wanted to hit on it. One thing I was watching a little bit, I was watching some um NDSU NDSU film today. Their defensive line is so good at like just jumping like timing the snap and just jumping right into the backfield. What can the Bobcats do to neutralize just North Dakota State's very good, very deep, very quick defensive line? Like what what can the Cats do? Were you watching the James Madison game? I was watch I was watching the first quarter of it tonight. Yeah. It was almost like they were borderline offsides yeah. all the time. Yeah, you wonder what that they is. Do they know do they know did it do enough homework to know that the the cadence or whatever for James Madison. Like they were just a couple guys were like timing it, like <laughs> every play. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they would just blow up the play. Let's say like James Madison tried to have a pulling guard on a power run. They would blow it up and they couldn't even, they, the, the guard couldn't even pull. And so they would just get a tackle for a loss. How, how do we stop that? I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a football guy. You just, you, what do you do? Fake clap and then try to get them to jump off sides. And then, I don't know. Move the pocket. That's the only thing I can think of. Move the mm. pocket. Get Tommy Lott on rollouts. I was on a complete tangent here. I was pretty unimpressed with James Madison's running backs. I was unimpressed with James Madison, period. I mean, that could be North Dakota State making them look unimpressive, but the running back had a couple times where he bounced out. He had a good vision, but he was not quick. He was just a big, big guy. And he kind of went down easy for how big he was. So I was like, I was watching that game. There's a couple times like, man, if Afonso gets that space, he turns that into like a six or seven yard gain instead of like a two yard gain at the very least. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a huge matchup. Obviously probably the most important matchups is their defensive line versus offensive line. And can we handle a four man rush? And if we can't, we're, we're kind of in trouble. <laughs> kind of in trouble. That's a good point. Cause that keeps our linebackers free to tackle 
any ball carrier that we have. I agree. Okay, now I'm done. Keys to defense. Keep them out of the end zone. <laughs> I mean, this one is kind of, it's not simple, but if I had to boil it down to one thing, it would be to make Cam Miller beat you with his arm. Exactly. Stop the run. Keep Cam Miller in the pocket. Don't let him beat you with his legs. Make him beat him. Make him beat us with his arm. That is it right there. Which means stopping their program record setting rushing attack that what I don't have. I have it down here. Darn it. But they broke a program record for yards per carry this year, even though they didn't have a single ball carrier with over 500 yards. Which is just absurd. They they average like six points three yards per carry or something this year. That's what they do. They run the ball. Uh, they throw Tamarack the ball fifteen Williams yards like a game. Seven hundred yards. Or something. What's that? I thought Tamarack Williams had seven hundred and fifteen yards. Yeah, he does. Kobe Johnson has five hundred and sixty-five. Quincy Patterson has five hundred and sixty-two. Hunter Lipke has four hundred sixty-one. This must Dominic like, Canella uh, has regular season 380. stuff. 380. I bet this is regular season stuff. It was like when they finished the regular season with this, because that's where I'm looking at. This is like straight from North Dakota State's like game notes. But yeah, they ah. so, so they finished like 6.13 yards per carry because it said they did not have a single 500 yard rusher for the first time since 1975. Like I didn't pull that 1975 thing out of my butt. I would have had to have read that from something. But uh, the point is like they just <laughs> they spread the load around and there doesn't matter who it is. They kind of ride the hot hand. It's very much a running back by committee and it's going to be incredibly hard to stop. And if you're able oh, to absolutely. stymie it at all, then yeah, Cam Miller's going to have to beat you with his arm, but that is so much easier said than done and no one's been able to do it. <laughs> so let's say we stop four of those guys and then one of them goes off on us, right? That's all it takes. That is the machine that North Dakota State is. That's the biggest thing that gets me like nervous about this game is they have a a program that doesn't rely on star power because nobody is a star on that team. Everybody just is the bison. They're just they're just so damn good at what they do and they just put the guys in and it's just a well-oiled machine. Okay. I think Montana State will probably will trend that way over time with coach Vegan, but when you look kind of at, at our team versus their team and the way we operate, we have much more star laid in, uh, you know, stats on our team. We've got the Fonses. We got, you know, on defense, you think of like Amandre Williams and Daniel Hardy and all the guys who get sacks and everything. Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson, right? <laughs> There's the, I don't, can't believe I forgot him. <laughs> but they're like, you start with. when you're just like, exactly. But when you look at their stuff, they just spread the wealth over six dudes in the backfield, and they're all going to get, you know, mediocre yards, but they're all just like six of them instead of just like a Fonte. So it's very concerning when I look at that because when, okay, okay, my last point on this is before James Madison, where did Hunter Lipke show up at? Maybe one game in the other. 13 games that they played in the manner that they he used went to off. Have. Yeah. He went off in James Madison. Who, how would you predict that? No, they just clearly, I don't know how they figured it out, but they figured out a guy who's good. All right. We need a big physical guy against James Madison. So Hunter Lipke, you're the man this time. And if you don't know, Hunter Lipke's there. 
pounds junior fullback who is uh, very athletic and very fast and very quick for a fullback. Like that guy certainly has, I think, NFL potential just based on his oh, yeah his uh, inta- like his physical traits. But yeah, he like two hundred some total yards of offense catching and running the ball as a fullback. Like you just clearly they saw something that they could exploit with that, and it worked out really well. And I don't predict to see that against the Bobcats, but it'll be someone else. It'll be some other guy that hasn't had a big game in a while. Like they're just going to find the mismatch. They're going to find the hot hand. And they're going to, they're going to use it. And that's what, uh, you know, really worries me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Montana state can create turnovers. That would be another big key. If we can gain another possession or two based off of interceptions or maybe a fumble, that's going to be huge for Montana state. We're number four in the nation in interceptions with 18. If we can pick off Cam Miller, make him feel uncomfortable, man, that's 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 a huge thing for Montana State. Yeah, I mean, North Dakota State is very good in the turnover margin, but not nearly as good as the Bobcats are. They've actually, no. they only have 12 turnovers. Uh, we only have eight. and But they've also turned the ball over 20 times. I'm sorry, they've only gained 20 turnovers, and we've gained 23. So, I mean, that could be one of the biggest X factors. They, it, like you said, just takes one additional turnover in a game like this because the Bobcats are going to have to play a clean game. We are not going to be able to win the game with a muffed punt or a Tommy Mallott fumble or an interception or anything. Like We're going to have to play a clean game, and I think we're going to have to get one or two interceptions to kind of stem the tide, if anything, to give the defense a break in a situation where when their North Dakota State's running game is kind of getting downhill and kind of pushing the guys off the spot, if we can get a turnover and at least – keep guys fresh into the fourth quarter. Cause that's all you want in a game like this is you want to, you want to be in it in the fourth quarter. You want to have a, a, you know, a punch and chance to win the game at the end. So turnovers could definitely play a factor in it. Cause that'll help the time of possession battle kind of tilt back to the Bobcats favor, possibly if things start tilting the wrong way. Hmm. Any other defensive keys that you have on your list? I mean, I like our defensive line in this one in terms of depth. I really hope, hope uh, Chase Benson's a full go on this one because I think that'll be huge. But even 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 then, like their offensive line is nasty. They're very talented. They're very angry. Like they're a physical. They hunt you down and they try and knock you out. And if they're if the one the thing that worries me about this game a little bit is an Idaho State blueprint where they came in with some physical backs and they just ran the ball straight at us the entire time. And I'm I'm worried that you know obviously if, if NDSU can do that, I mean they're gonna they're gonna win. If they're gonna just run the ball for five or six yards to carry up the middle, and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it, and they just take a couple play action shots, like I don't know how we stop that. I'm I'm hoping that we can do some creative things with the defensive line, some stunts, maybe some well timed blitzes to catch a running back in a gap. You're gonna have to kind of take some chances, I think, in this one to be a little more aggressive than we. <clears throat> typically have you come out and you don't be aggressive kind of do the base thing we've been doing and if and you make the adjustments as you go and that's one i think one big thing that the cats have going for him freddie banks one of the best adjusters i've seen we just have to make sure it's close at halftime so the adjustments can actually you know help us win the game in the second half can we can we afford a first half where we get buried no I don't believe so. That's one of my overall keys to the game is we can't get by down down by like two scores in the first half. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think that's something I'm really concerned about is, is just that I think I heard Sam Herter talk about it uh, in reference to some other national championship games that North Dakota State has played in, in the context that they just feel comfortable there. And it might take Montana State a little bit to kind of find their bearings in the national championship game. And if they find their bearings a little late and North Dakota State's all of a sudden up 10, 14 points, that becomes a real big problem. And we did see James Masson mount to come back in the third quarter in the semifinal game and actually take the lead. They were down 13 to zero at halftime, but they scored 14 unanswered yeah. in the, in the third quarter and got back in the game and had a chance to win at the end. So it can be done. Hmm. Um, I don't know if the Bobcats can do it, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. We can't come out, but the moment be too big and just get buried right off the get go. Cause we just don't dig out a hole. Cause that's what, I mean, that's what the Bobcats do in the, We've seen it time and time again. The Bobcats get up and they just go super conservative and lock down on defense and just, just choke hold you until the game is over. And that's exactly what the Bison will do to us if we can't keep it close in the first half. <laughs> I just kind of find it funny. Like, in the three years we've been doing this podcast, we always come to this game and we always talk about trying not to out Bison the Bison. <laughs> Here we are talking about the same damn thing. <laughs> The only difference is we're more dynamic on offense. I think is really the main thing that is going to be the difference maker in the past iterations of this matchup. I think we're deeper and more physical on defense. And I think we have more talent on defense. And I also think we're much more dynamic with just a true dual threat quarterback instead of running back by committee, which is kind of funny. Like we had basically like a Tucker Rovick is a Cam Miller type guy. Cam Miller just got that more intangible type stuff that, as much as I love Tucker Rovig, it just didn't seem to have that. That just that's hard to get. Like it's a hard thing to find. I think that's what Tommy Watt has it. But Cam Miller, for all of his shortcomings as a quarterback, you know, he, he's a gamer, he's a baller. He's gonna do what he ever he can to win the football game for you. So I don't know, man. It's gonna it's gonna be a really entertaining matchup. I think the teams are fairly well matched. We just have one team who's been doing it forever and this is second nature to them. And one team that is the hottest team in the country, but Coming off that uh, that break, is the momentum still there? Is the magic still there? That's the big question. Yeah. And we got Coach Vegan, like we said. Got Vegan. And don't forget Freddie Banks, because I already said Freddie Banks, but he's also an NDSU guy. He was a player yeah. for North Dakota State, so defensive player. So, I mean, we got a couple guys who kind of know how things are ran and how to maybe attack it better than you know any previous staff would have had an idea how to do. I would love to watch this. I mean, I'm going to go watch this game back regardless, you know, and uh, let's say we come out with some stuff that stymies Matt ends. Have you ever watched Matt ends on the sideline? Uh, I mean, he just he, angry. Yeah, he gets so, he gets so fired up. <laughs> yeah. I just want us. I was just picturing in my mind us then like kind of foiling some of his plans and him just getting all huffing, puffing over there and, and uh, just uh, taking it out on some poor ball boy who was not trying to do anything besides his job. Matt Inch just pulls him aside and just rips him a new one. So, anyways, there's a little tangent right there. <laughs> we haven't done too many tangents tonight. We've been pretty on point. This is it's like we're uh, professional podcasters. Hey, hey, let's do uh, let's do the keys at it. Unlock the special places. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Okay. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at the keys I have written down here, and actually, most of this we did cover. I thought there'd be some. We kind of covered already some like intangible type of stuff about being too big for the moment and kind of stuff like that in the coaching. So those are kind of keys that would have been the magic, the magic places to put a key into. <laughs> um, the only thing that I have down here that I didn't end up talking about is just, and, and we already mentioned this, but stay super assignment sound on defense. In, NDSU does a ton of like pre-snap motion. They try and confuse you. They, they remind me a lot of the Bobcats last year. where We just move guys around and just try to confuse the defenses, but that's one of my other big keys I have written down, but everything else that I've written down, I think we've already hit on. Yeah, I think so. Uh, turnovers. We talked about that coach vegan. We talked about that. I kind of just hope the cats just, uh, embrace it all. You know, when we got to the cat Grizz, we looked a little bit, I don't know. Like we just didn't didn't look like we were having fun. Of course, we're getting our ass kicked, asses kicked too. So we hadn't looked like we've say. been having fun for a few weeks, though. That's a good point. I think that's kind of where I was heading with that. Is it was, something was off, I and mean, you know we talked about that. We all know what that what what was off, right? Um, man, I don't know. You know, two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen didn't go well against the Bison. But this is a different team, different coach. We're in a national championship. We're not playing in Fargo. We're playing at a neutral site. Let it ride, man. Is it neutral? Just let it ride. Yeah. I think so. I agree with you. But yeah, I it's, it's so. crazy that the Bison are 8 no, 8 no in the championship game. Well, you know, one thing I want to say, though, and we talked about this a little bit, uh, just like yesterday. I don't think this is David and Goliath kind of a build. I was just going to ask you that. I think, is this really David and Goliath or is this? Yeah, go ahead. No, I, just, I don't think so. I think this is more evenly matched. I think an easy take is this. It's a David and Goliath kind of matchup. I don't think so. I think we're more evenly matched than we, we uh, kind of think about. I would say I would give this slight edge to North Dakota State in this game. I just think they're just slightly better in a lot of different ways. Like they're slightly better on defense. They're slightly better in the pass rush. They're slightly better in this. They're slightly better in that. So, okay. So on paper, but uh, it's not something that's overwhelming. It's not something that we're like, holy cow, I hope this works out for us. I think Montana State can hang for sure in this game. Uh, we have to have a lot of things go right. And you talked about them all. I don't want to rehash that. But I don't think this is something that's uh, unattainable for the Cats. I don't think so either, but I, I do want to read through some crazy NDSU stats a little bit here. Um, so we're talking sort of the, the quote David Goliath thing, which I don't believe in either, but and I'll get to that. But uh, just to, some stats to scare you. Since the beginning of their first FCS championship season in 2011, the Bison are 129-1 and one when they gain 162 yards or more rushing the ball. They're 19-11 when they don't. That's per Craig Haley. Uh, the Bison had an opening round bye and have won 36 consecutive games coming off of open weeks. So that the bye week, the Bison just don't lose coming out of a bye. As, and this is one I kind of parsed together with what Coulter was talking about on his show today. Since the, since, since the uh, Bison beat the Bobcats in 2010 to kind of kickstart their national championship 
dominance. They've only lost 13 <laughs> games in the entire span. They lost the next week to Eastern Washington, and then they've only lost 12 other games, period. Ooh. Since 2010? Yeah. It's, it's, it's absurd. That is. Because Coulter was kind of throwing out the spring season, which I did not. But even if you include the spring season, it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> They're 127 and 8 since 2011 and 35 and 2 in the playoffs. Those stinking bison. So, how I land on this is that I think almost any team is David against the bison. Because they're, they're, they're just kind of this unseen dynasty juggernaut that you just haven't really seen at any level of sports in, in I don't know, in my lifetime. Like, even like the, the Bulls of the 90s, maybe, like the Patriots, I don't know, even they weren't as dominant for as long as they have been a consistently year and year and years winning championship after championship. I don't think the cats are David in this, in this game, because I actually think, yeah, we are closer than people give us credit for maybe even than you and I my personally, I give myself credit, like the cats credit for. I, I think, I think it's possible. Like we were extremely close to being a two seed. And like, we've talked about losing that Cactus game. If that happens in October, we're not an eight seed. We're not, we're not an eight seed. Like that's kind of crazy to think about how we ended up being an eight seed, but we shouldn't have been an eight seed in the first place. And I, and I, people just look at that like, Oh, an eight seed made it all the way. How cool for them. Like it's such a ridiculous take. Like if you don't know anything, I guess it seems like an eight seed is a crazy run and just magic run. And, and, and it is magical, but not in that kind of way. So I don't think it's Dave and Goliath. I think we do have a pretty good shot in this one. I would put, I pin us at the underdogs. I think we're, I've seen it anywhere from seven and a half to nine point underdogs in this one, which would be the biggest one we've been, but we've been underdogs in three straight games. All we've done is prove people wrong. I I think we have a very good chance of proving people wrong again. You redeemed yourself right there. We're soaking in hyperbole, and then I just was like, "Man, you're just bringing me down right now." But yeah, uh, you brought it back. Roller coaster, <laughs> talking yourself out of it. I like it. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, all I wanted to do is paint this picture of how the bison are are truly like to be in awe of, and truly, it's it's, it's incredible what they've done. But at the same time, everything ends eventually. Why not? Absolutely, Why not man. the Bobcats? Why not us? I'm a Bengals fan. Look at us right now. Come on. Who who day? Why not us? <laughs> As CJ Uzama would say, why not us? That should be our, our, go. our theme going into Frisco. Why not us? Why not us? Why, why not Tommy? <laughs> Print Block? the t-shirts right now. Why not us? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. Well, well, we got to get some let's questions, do some man. some Golden Cooley. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you let's hit do it? it? Why don't you fire one off? All right. Um, By the way, we don't do predictions. If, if you're just tuning into this and they're hearing for us for the first time and you're like, are they going to do a prediction? The answer is no. We don't do predictions. Superstitious. Um, not bold enough to put takes out there. Certainly not doing it. Certainly not starting now before the national championship. So moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bobcat Bob. This is not a Golden Cooley question, although it's in the Golden Cooley thread. And before we got on, we had a discussion on your avatar on Montana's or on Bobcat Nation. Is that Christina Aguilera? 
I think it is. I don't see I could possibly tell from the pixelated tiny picture. But anyway. Montana Bob, get at us, man. <laughs> is that Christina Aguilera in your avatar? And if it is, why? Why, why do you have Christina? And what is she looking at? Uh, a snow screen? Like a fuzzy no channel screen? <laughs> so, can, so many questions. Oh, man. All right. From two dots. Anyways, we went on. Two dot Montana. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> That's is it? That's what two dot? Oh, says. my word. Nice. <laughs> well done. Bobcat Bob or Montana Bob. All right. Uh, let's go underneath that Teton cat. Our friend in uh, maybe Shoto, Montana. I don't know. Next to Tetons. Let's see. What must the cats stop when our D? I don't like You misread this so many what? times. It's when on D. Okay. There's sorry. Or. What must the cats stop <laughs> when on D so in order to win? I can't read. I'm a math guy. Okay. Um, what must what must the cats exploit when on offense in order to win? So I'm gonna start. Uh Teton Cat, we're gonna have to stop all six of their running backs and Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles and um you know anybody else who catches the ball, Hunter Lipke. Uh so <laughs> stop the offense. You know, it's all really no big deal but all of those guys kobe johnson tamarack uh williams uh you, you name them right uh oh who else was there uh quincy patterson you know the the guy yeah. who runs the we didn't even talk Cowboys about him well, i'm sure we'll see him in the game too so no no big deal teton cat i think we got that handled <laughs> Jeez. uh what must the cats exploit when on offense in order to win uh we need to exploit the sideline balls like we have been uh, Coulter Nuan has talked about how the the Bison run pretty much the same defense all the time, a uh, cover two. And it's same thing, pretty much the base defense that we run at Montana State. And where can we exploit that? Well, we can exploit that alongside lines and then up the seams. So I think that's uh, something we're going to have to uh, take advantage of. I don't think we're going to be able to run the ball. For all of you out there who say, Hey, we're going to be able to run the ball with a Fonse for three, four yards or Tommy Mullot for four or five yards. I think you're dead wrong. <laughs> I think you, I, I would almost bet money on that you were wrong. They will, they're the best team at limiting the run they're in the nation. And for us to think that we're going to go down there and run up off tackle or off guard, I just don't see it happening unless, like Ryan said, we establish the pass. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent on offense. Uh, I would, I would replace the word stop on this question to like slow down. Cause I think that's about the best <laughs> you can hope for. If we can slow down the run game enough and perhaps build up some sort of lead where we force North Dakota state out of their comfort zone to pass. But yeah, really slow. Uh, we've talked about making Cam Miller beat you with his arm. That requires us to slow down their running game. Um, what must the cats exploit, uh, when on offense in order to win? I mean, one-on-one matchups throwing the ball. And that, that has been sideline or up the sideline patterns, but we can be more creative than that. You can find ways to get guys one-on-one. It doesn't have to be a fade down the sideline. You just have to throw it in a spot. If you can get Lance McCutcheon on like a crossing route and he gets on a one-on-one, I mean, there's other ways to do it. And it doesn't have to necessarily be against a covered zero. Like we've seen all. All uh, playoffs. So I think we still need to exploit 
any one-on-one matchup could, because Lance McCutcheon and Nate Stewart can go up and catch the ball against almost any defensive back in the country, in my opinion. We hadn't talked about this on defense uh, explicitly in this episode, but Daniel Hardy, Brody Greeby, third down packages where we get to the quarterback. If we can sack Cam Miller, if uh, if our, in, our interior guys, Mondre Williams, Chase Benson's back, Sebastian Valdez, whoever is in there, right? If if they can take up some blocks and we can get around on the outside and create some pressure, that's going to be huge too. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's something that I, I really hope to see because if we can force them into, into like those third and eights, third and tens themselves, like we were talking about, what do we do in this situation? Well, what does NDSU do in this situation? That's where our uh, DNs and defensive linemen can feast. Good questions, Teton. Nice work, Teton. All right, why don't you take the next one there, Thorny? River Cat. Yes, sir. I think the Bobcats and the Bison match up pretty well personnel-wise without any glaring mismatches. Um, if that's true, what may be the deciding factors in Frisco? His possibilities are the Bison. They've been there, done that. Winning in Frisco is just what they do. The Bobcats, the small sample size of the new quarterback in offense, especially if Afonso plays, doesn't allow the Bison to adequately, adequately game plan on defense. I'll start on this one, personnel-wise. I, I do agree. Um, it's relatively even. There's some, I think, NDSU probably has some better overall talented positions. I think it's pretty even overall. But I, I do believe, and I've talked about this, I do believe the Bobcats, one of the biggest weapons we have is the fact that Bison can't adequately game plan for a still relatively small sample size of Tommy Lott. And last weekend against, uh, or not last weekend, last game against South Dakota State, we didn't even have a Fonze or even much of a running threat besides Mallott. So I think there's still a lot of stuff that the Bobcats can do. I think it's a huge advantage for the Cats, but it, it also is a huge advantage for the Bison. So to answer your questions, I don't know. I don't know which one will be the most deciding factor. I guess I'll go with my gut in, in, take on this is that we still have a little bit of element of surprise. I hope so. I don't think I have much more to add to that, but uh, I hope still. I hope we see something out of Malat that we haven't seen yet. So is there any other answer? He provided two possibilities, but do you have any other answer for what's the single deciding factor? Turnovers for Turn- me. Turnovers. It's a good one. Yeah. Mine, mine could uh, also boil down to just winning the lines. Being able to win yeah. the defensive line and the offensive line. Pretty pretty simple football stuff in the, in in reality. <laughs> what right. what's interesting about this matchup, Ryan? I mean, if you haven't like already thought about this, we're we want to do the same things. Montana State and North Dakota State are being built the same way. Yeah. And just North Dakota State has a history of just doing it for a longer amount of time. I think Montana State's gonna get there with Coach Vegan. We're just you know, we're just the newcomer on the scene right now. Yeah. Yep. And uh, no. do they feast on newcomers? We'll find out. <laughs> yep. All right. Move on All down. Right, thanks, well, River Cat. Yep. You can take the next one. Your turn. I'll take uh, Colorado Cat. Wonder if he lives in Colorado. Ha ha. What is our best matchup and what is our worst? What? I think our best matchup is going to be our receivers against their defensive backs and our, our, our worst, I, I would say would be here's a hot take Troy Anderson against their running backs. Our worst. Yeah. in specifically in the power game, if they run power a, like they, like uh Troy Anderson said in the, in the thing, um, the press press conference 
last week. I think that's our worst matchup right there, actually. I mean, that's I want to be mad at you, but I can't because if like Holter mentioned on our on our uh, episode with him just recently, like he gets lost in the in the wash. He can mm-hmm. be flattened because he's not he's not necessarily always decisive in terms of like getting off blocks and he can be put on his butt. So, I mean, that's who neutralized him the best is probably Idaho State. <laughs> like, did Idaho State lay the blueprint for how to beat the Bobcats? I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, you might be right on that. Um, I, I think our worst matchup, maybe it pains me to say this, is our defensive line versus their offensive line. What? Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, no. Tell me. I'm gonna no, t- man. I'm going to rephrase Take it. that back right now. It's going to be our uh, a- probably our offensive line versus their defensive line. I'm going to pass that okay. around. I, I can get behind that a little bit more. Because their defensive oh, line is elite. There's not any maybe Buck Buchanan award type guys on there. But, uh, I mean, we're still a bit undersized on offensive line. We're still fairly young. And uh, they're just a seasoned veteran group with a lot of starts under their belt. And they're deep. And they're going to just keep pushing, just running guys at us the entire game. So, yeah, ignore my first thing I said and focus on the second thing I said. <laughs> um. Where, what else am I even talking about here? What's our, did I say our best matchup best yet? Best matchup. I agree with you, 100%. I actually think our best matchup is, is our wide receivers. Now, can they, can we, our offensive line, give Tommy Lott enough time to exploit it, to be determined? Can we get guys creatively open with the actual, like, schemes and, and to, to be determined? But uh, I, I do think that's probably one of the best things we have going. All right. Jump to page 12 on the Golden Cooley thread. I think we have two more. Uh, let's jump down to the last one, R. Fisher 94. Yeah, I think we read this one, right? Thorny, help me out on this one. We talked about it. Did we actually bring bring it on? We were talking about asking culture this, and I think we did not end up asking it. I think that might be what you're thinking right. of, right? <laughs> We've done a lot of podcasting in the last two weeks, man. Let's just ask it again if if we did already, whatever. I don't I'm not positive we did. I'm I'm kind of, I don't think we did. So just, let's just do it. All right. So neither Sam Houston State nor South Dakota State seem ready for Tommy as a QB. How would you explain this? That's question number one. How does this change for Frisco, given that NDSU has three weeks to prepare? Do you think we have the full extent of Tommy's existing abilities, or do you think that the coaching staff is holding some options? In their back pockets. Yes. <laughs> it is. I yes. mean, we, we've we've covered this at this point. Um, I still think every game that Tommy played against South Dakota State, Sam Houston State, like there was so little film on them. And there's I, something I didn't really consider with all the travel and the short weeks in the playoffs. Like you just don't have a lot of time to do film study that you would maybe during the regular season. You might you like lose a day and all this stuff. So uh, with like, I don't know. I heard that somewhere. Maybe I'm completely wrong. but. I just think that there was just so little film on them. That's why Bobcats were able to spring Tommy on them. But I still think that's, I said it multiple times, I still think we have that ace in the sleeve. I think it's a mixture of belief, just the belief that we could get it done. Uh, yeah. When Tommy Mollock came on, something changed, man. We talked about it. There's something just changed. Coulter talked about it. Just the belief that the guys have in Tommy. Galvanized the whole top. Yeah, that can't be quantified. That's that's something that you don't measure. It's just it's just there. 
There also is something a little bit too that I think is understated. South Dakota State and Sam Houston State played in the spring season. They had played like 20 some games in this calendar year. I think that probably just kind of caught up with them. North Dakota State has as well. In fact, they're going to play the most games in this calendar year. (sighs) Have we seen the extent of Tommy's existing abilities? I don't think we have. I don't think we've called the plays to see the extent of Tommy's abilities yet. Yep, I I agree. I don't know if we'll... I mean, if it doesn't happen on Saturday, it will definitely happen if he's quarterback next year. He's got so much upside here, and I think... I think we're going to see a whole different Tommy Mallott even even uh, on Saturday. <laughs> I've got to come clean with the Golden Coolies. We are down to one or two Golden Coolies, and I'm not giving them away because they have a certain saying on them. Montana State football, I'll tell you that. They have Montana State football, what? and we were we can't put Montana State football on Golden Coolies. That's, that's a we week, didn't know this. That's a weak excuse. Well, you know what? We can't. And we but can't. Uh, I'm not going to give those away. Years. <laughs> What's one more? So, all all I'm saying is this. I'm not going to give those away. I'm going to keep those for you and me because when we're uh, 60 years old and we're still talking Montana State football, we can uh, put these in our beers in those old coolies and coolies at that point just like Yeah, exactly that. Uh, <laughs> all right. But um all, all you guys that ask good questions if you're down in Frisco, and we meet up, I'll get you a new version of our coolie, which is going to just be the same design, but it's going to just have okay. R&R Cat cast on there. So this is this is the equivalent of uh, me earlier, where I was like, I'm not on board with what you said, but like, you'll get him something eventually? Okay, fine. I didn't, I didn't know that's where you were taking it. I thought you were going to deny everyone a coolie <laughs> for that reason. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Okay, that's fine. Fair. Yeah. We, do, we do have more questions, though, rightfully. Oh, I got some on that there that. Twitter. Oh, the Twitter machine. The Twitter right. machine. If the Cats win the national championship and given James Madison is leaving for the FBS, what will the Cats need to do to be proven to be the proven perennial top two team that the Dukes were? Or have they already achieved that? That's a good question. We've, I think we, we're top four. But even with so James Madison and Sam Houston State are like the perennial not North Dakota State teams that are always there. They're both gone. Can the Cats slide in that spot? Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, it's too early, in my opinion. I don't think the Cats have the the history of being at this point right now. I think that's why we're so giddy. Uh, I would say the top four, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, uh, Montana State, Montana, in any order you want to put those. So can we be the number two? I don't know. We're number two right now, at least. We might be number one for this year, but uh, uh, to be like widely considered the number two year in, year out, I think if we did this two years in a row, if Montana State goes back to the national championship next year, yeah, then I, I think I can get behind that. I don't think so, only for the fact that if you look at Sam Houston State and James Madison, I mean, Sam Houston State, their conference is terrible. Yes. I don't even they 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 were going to be the best team in that conference every year, and it wasn't even going to be close. Mm-hmm. James Madison, now the, the CAA used to be elite, but so many of those teams have completely fallen off the map. Like James Madison's only hard game all year was um, Villanova, and they and they lost. So I, the, the point is, like the Bobcats don't play in an easy conference. 
we have proven Eastern Washington and proven Montana that are always, always going to be there. So it's going to be hard for any team from the Big Sky Conference to be that top two team anymore. I think the days of like Montana win the conference like six years in a row, those days are just gone. So I, I don't know who's going to, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for the Bobcats because you're, you're, you're going to be knocked off probably every year by Eastern or Montana. Like as much as it pains me to say, we're not going to beat Montana four years in a row again. <laughs> There's going to be, it's going to be back and forth the fair, I think moving forward. So I think we have the facilities, maybe an indoor practice facility, some other stuff that could put, put us right in their conversation. But I think top four for sure. Like you said. Dude, you're making no sense. Like he's talking nationally and you're talking more like in conference in the big sky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're going to not be a one or two seed because you're going to drop a tough big sky conference game. So it's going to be hard to make those runs if you're not always a one or two seed. That's, that's oh, all okay. I'm saying. Nice. You're, you're going to go into the playoffs uh, with like right. at least one loss. Most likely like we haven't won the big sky conference in how long? I guess it's, it's hard. Okay. Well, it's a hard conference and it's going to, that my point is the conference is much harder. So you're not gonna be able to just cakewalk through your schedule and get a one seed. Like Sam Houston. So, so maybe we should, like we've been saying in the last month, let's move the cat grizz. Please. Leon Costello, if you're listening, <laughs> like, can we do this? I mean, we have multiple people, media members saying, let's move it towards, mid-October, kind of like SDSU, NDSU. And so that it better suits not only Montana State, but the University of Montana and the seeding when we get to the playoffs. I like it. Let's start a, a go change or whatever that website is where people sign petitions. <laughs> Let's get one going. <laughs> Let's get one going because I'm right. sick of that game. Uh, with MSU's history, uh, that was from Danny. Dan, my man, he's he, he's a regular question asker of the show a regular listener thank you danny mt gcg 1979 i think he's asked us a question or two here recently as well this is a fun question if with msu's history of great defensive players and troy's storied career coming to a triumphant finale i, I like your language there which bobcat underclassman do you think has what it takes to become a buck finalist yeah i thought about this one already yeah brody greeby I think Bro- Brody Greeby is a, a solid choice. I had that was the that was the easy one for me, man. Yeah. Brody Greeby, that guy is just getting started, and he is so stinking good right now. He is one of the most understated players in the in the entire nation. <laughs> That's true. We had our friend Shane Driscoll talk to us about this as well. Like we're just not just not just Ryan and I. Other people are like texting us in saying this guy. Is the next big deal. Yeah, I mean, I had, I'll eat my words if he's not. I feel like I had someone else in my head, and I had this question ready to be answered, and nothing's coming to my mind, so I'm just going to agree with you because no, no one else has come into my mind better than Brody, Brody Greenby. He has a, a solid, solid chance to be like a Brad Daly-type guy, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for sure. He gets after it. Great question. That is a great question. All great right. Question. I think, I think that's all the questions. Let me double check. So between this episode and the one with Coulter, you have three hours of Bobcat stuff that you can plug into on the plane, in the car, moving yourself down to Frisco. You're going to meet up with the R&R CatCast guys. We're going to be down there 
Heck knows what we're going to be doing. Can't wait, man. I'm so stoked. For there it is. <laughs> There's the childhood excitement we were talking about. Coming Woo, back. Man. Fading. Fading a little bit into the podcast. Coming back strong. Let's end on a high note. <laughs> Energetic, <laughs> vim-filled finale to this episode here. Woo! I, Let's I, go! I can't believe it, man. National Championship. I'm I'm I want to soak it in, but I also just don't want to be like resting on our laurels. Like, oh, we're so happy we're here. I want to go down there and win. I want to see us win. But as a fan, yeah. Soak it up, Bobcat fans. I hope everyone's making efforts to get there. I think you'll regret it if if you don't. If you're listening to this somehow and you're on the fence of whether to go or not, I don't know at this late in the game if you would be, but you should go. You'll be kicking yourself if you don't. It's a once-in-a-lifetime potential opportunity to watch the Bobcats play for a national championship. Go soak it in. Take it in. Enjoy, Bobcat fans. Enjoy it. Also, check out our Instagram account. I think that's where we're going to be doing some live yes. streaming. And uh, Thorny and I were just talking about it today. We don't know when that's going to come. That might be in a in a moment where it's just cool. We're like, Let's go live. We might go live a couple times. You might go live at the tailgates, at the game. We want to produce some content, and I think we just want to bring in you into that. And so we're not asking you to always live on Instagram and social media, but if you're there, check it out. I think that would be kind of fun. We were sitting there all week. What are we going to do for content? Are we going to bring our microphones down there? I don't want to bring my laptop down there if I don't have to. (laughs) We're like, well, should we do something Friday night? Like, I don't we just decided we don't want to be tied down to any time frame. Like we're not really media. Like <laughs> I don't want to like schedule like a 9 a.m. Go live on YouTube live, sit down, like, like have a full setup. And I don't know. I just didn't want to do that. I want to be a fan no. first and foremost. Yes. I just want to go down there and soak up the experience. And I'm hoping whatever we decide to do, Facebook live, Instagram live, I don't know what we'll do. Um, I probably Instagram, but Whatever it ends up being, I just I hope it. Uh, I want to portray the fan experience that we're having down there. I don't want to sit there and just talk matchups and talk injuries or anything like that. Like we're just gonna do a fun broadcast. Maybe talk to some other Bobcat fans. I think that's really what we decided on. And impromptu, I think, is the best way to go. Thorny, I got one question for you. We have to wear blue. Do you have blue? I do. Do you have blue Bobcat stuff? I have a Bobcat T-shirt for sure. I'm going to dig and find this old, crazy, retro V-neck, crazy-looking thing I bought at Kmart in Bozeman, like in 2002. <laughs> I know I got it around here somewhere. I don't wear it too often. It's long sleeve. I think it'll be perfect for the weather if I can find that, if it still fits my uh, 40-year-old dad bod versus uh, 22-year-old me. But uh, <laughs> yes, I have, I have a blue shirt, at least one, that I plan on wearing. I have a blue t-shirt. I don't, I, I actually have a, like a nice collared, uh, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, polo quarter zip. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, one of those, go. uh, um, yeah. Three quarter zip under armor quarter zip things. I'll, I, I guess I can bring that. Although if I find something cool down there, my sons are like, dad, you got to get me something. So I, I have to be on the look. Well, merchandise for what you're going to get me. If you, if you're selling merchandise gear. Oh, do you think they yeah. sell Bobcat Man. gear down there? I mean, I think so. Someone's probably doing it. <laughs> we already got your uh, touchdown Tommy shirt. But it's not blue. I did. It's in my uh, dryer right now. I just washed it. So I'm going to go take it out here after this. The real question is, do I, 
Do I wear my lucky green Eddie Bauer shirt? Under you can't. You got to bring it. You got to bring it. But you can't. Maybe like the. Maybe like rub it with your hand. <laughs> like maybe kiss it before we go R- to the rub game. my armpits with it. <laughs> yes. Put some vim on that thing. You know, go stand in front of the mirror and just like rub it against your body. Like, all right, here we go, Bobcats. <laughs> oh, no? man. Do something. You got to bring it though. I'll bring it. Got to bring it. We'll decide whether to wear it. I'm not. I'm not. We'll put shooting it out that in our uh, hotel room. We'll put it out in our hotel room. We'll hang it like a flag or something. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was looking at our seats. I wonder if you can hang flags from the balcony in front of us. I have two Montana State flags. I'm a flag person. Bring one. Bring one. If we don't use okay. it, we don't use it. Bring but one. If we want to use it and we don't have one, we're going to be sad. Yeah, I'm going to bring a flag. Bring a flag. Okay. Bobcat fans. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go out of this podcast. Let's close this bad boy down. Final game preview of the year. It was a fun one. I hope everyone's just soaking in this experience, just full of him like uh, Ryan Foley's over there just bouncing around right now. He's uh, He's got it. He's got it bad. Thanks, everyone, for listening all year. We really appreciate it. It's been a really fun year doing this podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the content. Um, please rate and review, sub- subscribe, all that fun stuff. I never say that, but why not here at the end? It really helps us yeah. out. You can find us on Twitter, RRCatCast. You can find us on BobCatNation.com. We go there quite a bit. We're regular posters there. We have some R&R CatCast threads going. You can find us on the web, RRCatCast.com. Shoot us an email, RRCatCast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and tell us where you're going to be. Maybe we'll find you uh, down there in Frisco. we got lots of tailgating. We plan on tailgating bright and early. We'd love to meet up with any cat fans down there and just, uh, you know, shoot the shit. So to say, for the for the game and have some fun before the Bobcats can uh, play North Dakota State. So, Foley, let's get out of here with the final. Go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats! Go cats.